Hello, Spotlight friends. Today we are with Mariana Pimiento, aka Big Apple Catholic on Instagram. We're going to talk all about her journey becoming a focus missionary and her artwork and how God has worked throughout her life. Welcome, Mariana. I'm so happy to have you. Thanks, Chanel. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yes. So I follow you on Instagram and you are awesome. And we are just meeting for the first time now on Zoom where this is being recorded, which is amazing. It feels like on Instagram, you become such good friends with people and you have never even heard their voice. Truly, I didn't even know what you sounded like. So this is amazing. You're so pleasant. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's it's so funny. I feel like I know so much about you and and other people. And I'm like, I can quote what you said like six months ago, but I couldn't tell you like what color eyes you have. You know? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I couldn't tell you like what you sound like or what kind of jokes you tell, but I could definitely tell you about one of your deepest traumas. So it's amazing um, to just be able to share some time. So tell us about yourself. Who are you? Sure. So like you mentioned, my name is Mariana, and I currently serve as a focus missionary up at a campus called Worcester Polytechnic Institute. This is my first year as a missionary. And as you can tell by my Instagram name, I lived in the Big Apple. So grew up actually not in the Big Apple, grew up in Alabama, family of immigrants. We moved to the U.S. when I was seven. And I always dreamed of moving to New York City. That was like the big bougie thing I wanted to do. Like kind of wanted to be a Catholic Carrie Bradshaw, you know? Oh, like, I love that. Be famous, but still do like some good work on the side. <laughs> so true. And uh, so I moved to New York for college and studied business. And really that's that's where I actually lost the faith. So I it was never really something that I chose. It was more kind of sleep in one Sunday, you know, mm. and, and then been six months and I'd never gone to mass and I was very involved growing up. But then by the grace of God, I just started asking all the questions and said, what the heck is God? Who is God? And stumbled upon a missionary, literally like on the street outside of, of a chapel who just asked me what I was doing and then invited me over to meet more missionaries. So I uh, studied there for a while and had a crazy adventure of just finding who I am, who God is, and encountering a lot of ache within my own heart, you know, I think we've, we've all done that probably, but then been finding like the greatest joy, which, which for me, this, this season is mission for it to be my job to, to go to adoration and, and mass is, that is, is wild. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. And the, the power of invitation. So you were invited by another person and that kind of sparked your whole journey. Can you tell us more about that? Just like what did that feel like? Were you receptive? How do you think God kind of worked through that now that you're a year into being an actual missionary? It was crazy because it was just this random guy. And, and I know he's a friend, but he would just ask if I was lost. <laughs> he like, mm-hmm. literally just thought I was lost in the street. But I, I think you could tell I've been coming to mass. and was just like, yeah, we're having a dinner tonight. Do you want to come? And at first I was like, no, there's no way. Like, I'm not going to come. But I remember seeing him at mass and I was like, oh no. Like if I say no, like I, I'm going to see him again. Oops. <laughs> you know. And so I said yes. And then went to a coffee shop and I was like, oh no, like I can't, I can't go. But now I'm going to like stand him up of these things. So I, I, yeah, I ended up saying yes. And it changed everything because it was one of the first times I experienced authentic joy, mm. which is the missionaries and some of the Nashville Dominicans were there that night as well. Oh my so, gosh, I love them. Yeah. Sister, uh, oh no, I'm forgetting her name now, but she was the vocations director for a long time. Was it Sister Peter Marie? Was it her? Yes. Oh, yes. She is the best. Oh my gosh. Isn't she? And uh, <laughs> Sister Bernadette was also there from the Nashville Beautiful. Dominican. So it was a joy to 
it's, you know, an awkward invitation. It wasn't this grand, uh, do you want to come and be with the board? <laughs> you know, it was like, do you want to come to a dinner tonight? Which then changed everything for me. Wow. I mean, the best way to speak to people is, I mean, me even, when people speak to me with food, I am <laughs> automatically receptive. And I, I firmly believe that God operates speaking to each one of us, right? Particularly, I know for me, I'm a big dessert. So like if anyone offers me dessert, I will sit at your table and talk to you, whatever, regardless. And so for you, thank you so much. Yeah. So I'm like one day when we meet in real time, real time, it just has to be a table of dessert. So (laughs) with you, how did you feel like God was speaking to you particularly through that person? Was it through the dinner? Was it through just the invitation? What kind of, how are you receptive to those kind of invitations is a good way to ask. Sure. I'm I'm so glad you asked that because I think from the outset it's easy to see that it's like these big fireworks are going off and you know and and your heart's like pounding and you like automatically fall in love with the Lord, but it was rather human and it was just true joy. I keep mentioning that, but for me receiving that was there's something in the air of of these people that you meet that truly know the Lord and Jesus and there's a lightness to them. And so I wasn't necessarily receiving any kind of like big teaching or anything like that. It was just the somebody fully alive in their humanity and fully transformed by the Lord, which is then like being a missionary relieves a lot of the pressure off of me of like, oh no, I have to tell someone the teachings of the church in the first Ugh. five minutes that I meet them because there More. is that pressure. You know, I just have to come fully alive in myself and allow the Lord to, to transform me and to be one with me. And you don't even have to speak really. Like that just comes off. And so that for me just like drew me in. I was like, oh, I don't know what you have, but I want it, especially in New York where like, you know, people are performing left and right, trying to be someone they're not. And these Oof. people were who were they were created to be. Wow. And it's so attractive. That is so attractive. And one of my best friends actually lived in New York for a couple of years. And she always talks about how challenging you would think with the massive amounts of people, it would just be so easy to find authentic community. But she talks about how challenging it is to just find community as a young adult where people are being their authentic selves, right? And not feeling like they have to perform like you were saying. And I think that's true for anywhere to just feel like as a young person that you could find a community where young adults are living out their faith in a way that's righteous, right? Righteous. And I hate to say it in this way. I'm sure there's a better way, but like normal, right? And existing, yeah. yeah, And existing in a world where it's like, hey, we can go out for a beer. Hey, we can then pray or we can go out, grab some coffee, go on a hike, and then come back home and watch The Mandalorian. And you just exist in this world, in this reality, right? And so I think that's amazing that you found that. So after that experience, you decided to become a missionary. Why focus? And what is it for people that are listening? So what it stands for is the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And us missionaries go onto the college campus because there's actually a really jarring statistic that 84% of people who go to college will actually walk away from their faith mm. um, within those four years. And unlike past generations, they're not coming back. And so this particular ministry was dear to my heart because I knew what it was like to walk away. But the invitation for me really came, and again, it wasn't fireworks or anything like that. I was just sitting in the chapel and I was thinking it was my junior year and I just met the missionaries maybe two months ago, but I already wanted to be around them all the time. And I remember sitting in a chapel and thinking, oh, darn, like in a year and a half, I'll have to schedule my, my mass times and holy hour. Like, Lord, I, I won't get to spend as much time with you as I really want to. Mm. There was just kind of this calm in my heart of, well, you could be a missionary. And I was like, okay. 
And for those of like who know me personally, they, I'm the most dramatic person. Like I want pride <laughs> and prejudice, you know, like. Oh, beautiful. It was just really this calming of the heart of, right, that just makes sense. And it really reminds me of the Gospel of John when Jesus is just like, come and see, like, what are you seeking? And that he wanted to give me particularly what I was seeking through focus. And so my own conversion into focus, because I wasn't like, I want to go set the world on fire, you know, which the apostles weren't either. They just wanted to be with him. And I just wanted to be with him. And the particular way that he wanted to do that was through focus, which now, you know, I'm like, I want to set the world on fire. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah, that wasn't the initial kind of pull of just to be with our Lord. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's amazing. It's great that God took that opportunity, a little bit of your yes, with a lot of graces and opportunity. That is so dope. So you've been a missionary now for a year. What has it been like in this pandemic to be a missionary, to minister to people, to young people? I mean, we have had guests where we've just kind of talked about the hardships of this time, right? Spending a lot of time by yourself. We've seen a rise and a low in self-esteem, a rise in addictive behaviors. There's just been so many things happening, so much negativity around. We're all searching for kind of positive anything, And I know from my experience, the missionaries at my college were a light to me, right? But things probably look so much different to you because you can't minister to them in the same way that I'm sure you planned. So what did that look like for you? We had to get incredibly creative because we couldn't go onto their campus and they couldn't come to us. And they didn't know what missionaries were because it was our first year at WPI. Oh my goodness. Um, So that really, we had to be like, okay, like, we got to do crazy things like Holy Spirit come. And we kind of joke of like, yeah, Holy Spirit creator come, but actually to rely on him to be like, we don't know what the heck to do. <laughs> and so we had the craziest experience of, we just rode light up scooters around campus because we knew the students needed joy. Like what you're saying, wow. like people just were, you know, we're taking ourselves too seriously, but then there's also like real struggle that's causing anxiety and depression. And that kind of lightness of spirit and childlikeness just isn't seen on the college campus. And so doing things like, yeah, riding light up scooters and having a disco ball, like all around campus, people were just coming in and, and getting creative. Like we had a Bob Ross painting event and online because why not? And then watch a video with Father Mark Mary, like while we painted Bob Ross things, you know, and again, it's bridging that gap of the humanity of what do they need in their humanity? It's quite Franciscan now that I'm like externally processing it, but to really come in into that rawness Mm. and to somehow bring Christ in to bring a joy that they're not encountering yet. And it was beautiful because I had a built-in community with my team. And so particularly during the pandemic, we grew to be very close. I joke that it's like being married, except you're not in love with them and you just met them and you have no sacramental graces. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So the same <laughs> thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so just to learn how to choose my own team and for a mission to flow out of that was really beautiful. It was gorgeous. Wow, that is amazing. And so I'm sure you saw so many fruits from this past year. Can you share with us one thing that maybe you did expect or that you didn't expect that just God gave you as such a fruit and a blessing? would love to hear that. I didn't expect for the Lord to be so incarnate to me in this last year. I think going into mission or any kind of ministry, I kind of thought, I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to perform in this way, which very quickly I was like, oh, I can't actually do anything on my own. I thought I could genuinely actually thought I could like hidden under the mark of holiness that I'm going to do all these things. Mm. But he became so incarnate to me of, Oh yeah. When I act like a punk and like my teammate is loving me and being merciful on me, that's actually Jesus through them loving me. Mm. Or when a student like is having a hard time 
and I get to come to them. Like that's Jesus coming to me through me to that student. And so that he's very real in the everyday, in the ordinary and in the hidden, which I didn't expect. Like, again, I'm, I love the bougie life. Like I'm still attracted to it. Like I want the big shebang. I want the private plane, <laughs> you know, I can't say that I don't cause I do, but that he's so terribly present in the ordinary. And it's a gift because then I, by the grace of God, able to recognize him more still a constant conversion, but in my everyday life, even now, as I sit at home and I'm doing very mundane things, I can sense him and recognize him interiorly and exteriorly a lot more. I didn't expect that at all <laughs> from mission. Wow. I love that. So you're talking about, you mentioned a constant conversion. So you were talking about before you became a missionary, you didn't necessarily have the most romantic betrothed relationship with God. And so now that you are, you're still recognizing that there's that constant activity of, you know, of God changing your heart and pointing you towards him. What does that look like for you? And what does that mean? Like, how do you practice constantly turning your heart towards God? Oh, I honestly was just praying about that in my holy hour this morning, because I don't know. And that's something very, very much that I'm learning every day. If anything, I'm come to be very aware of myself and, and where I'm at. So if I'm anxious or if I'm troubled or if I'm annoyed, to turn to the Lord and not in a way that says, okay, because I fall into this. I know the Lord is good, so I need to get it together right now. And so Whoa. here I am, Lord, I'm together. Rather to just say, Lord, I'm struggling. Can you just sit here with me? Like, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to sit with me. Can I just bring you my stuff? And that has changed the game <laughs> because I thought I had to get it together, which I didn't come to the Lord at all because I was already tired and I yeah. felt like I had to package something up for him. Yeah. And we experience so many things throughout the day and to be really kind of aware, not in a scrupulous way, but of how we're feeling and coming to him, even something exciting, you know, like, Oh Jesus, I just had a really great appointment. Like I don't have to sit with you for an hour to tell you about it, but thank you. You know, and he's just sure. rejoicing with me. And I love that you said kind of the betrothal because he really does love us in a spousal way. And a spouse is just always there to like hear, even if you had like, I don't know, a good fry from like McDonald's, you know, like when you're in love with someone, That's you're like, blessed, blessed. I want to hear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You just want to hear every detail and, and mm. he does too, in an even more profound way than a spouse here on earth. That's beautiful. And so I see on your Instagram, right, you have a lot of artwork. And I always think about how focused missionaries kind of balance their personal and professional lives. Like, how does that work? Do you have any outlets? I used to be a youth director, so working with high schoolers was amazing. But then there were a lot of moments where I was like, who am I by myself? <laughs> and what do I actually like? And so I know on your social media, you have tons of artwork that you share all the time. Has that become kind of your personal outlet? Is that how you balance kind of your life? Tell us more about that. Sure. One of my friends told me very early into mission that we can't invite students into a life if we don't have one. And Ooh, that cuts deep. Oh, gosh. <laughs> doesn't it? Wow. I've been reading a lot of St. Louis and St. Zelie's letters to each other. And they're, again, so human. They just do an everyday life and inviting people into it. And so for me, art, and particularly what I share on Big Apple Catholic, it's truly just me like processing what I'm experiencing and then inviting people into it. And so like even for my students, they'll be going through something and I'm like, oh, I was just praying with that the other day. Like, and I drew this thing, like, let me text it to you. And it, especially because it's an engineering school, it, it really cuts through kind of their intellect and allows them to encounter something different. Sure. And so for me, yeah, it's an outlet of understanding my own prayer life and the way that the Lord is speaking to me in that moment. And then 
if for that moment, like what I created, the Lord wants to invite other people into that, then I totally do. And I share it on social media or I uh, share it with my students. And they're also kind of taken back when we have lives. I know that sounds funny, but yeah, when, when we are creative or have a talent or doing these kind of cool things on the side, it lets them see that we're human and we're not these like saints in these windows far from it. We're just walking alongside them. So it's been a gift to me and hopefully to my students too. Wow. I love that. I'm sure it's similar to growing up when you would see a teacher in the mall or a, pre- <laughs> or a priest in their home or a priest not wearing clerics, right? And just wearing a polo shirt. All of those <laughs> things seem, I mean, to me, I was always like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you guys exist outside of the limited reality that I see that you exist. And so I'm sure as a young person, right, trying to preach the gospel, it's just so powerful for them to be able to witness, the students to be able to witness you just existing, right? Rocking a day at Trader Joe's, you know, walking in the park, eating a snack. I'm sure those things are so powerful. That's awesome. So you're entering into your second year. Where will you be and how are you feeling about it? I'll be staying at the same campus at WPI. I'm thrilled that Praise Be got a lot of COVID restrictions. I know we keep talking about COVID, but that's our reality right now. Yes. And especially just having a year of mission under my own belt and and being more like purified, hopefully united to the heart of Christ, to be more in sync with him and, and what he wants for, for myself. Because, and this is the same friend from before, but she says our biggest gift in mission, the Lord gives us is actually our own conversion. And so- Oh I'm my gosh. Wow. This girl, Who her name's this Trish. Friend? Okay. <laughs> my gosh, Trish. She is dropping like I did not need to be attacked this morning. This is beautiful. Yes. <laughs> Bring her on, girl. Bring her yes. on. Yes. Oh my so goodness. I love that. Yeah. So being excited for that, because I know there's a lot of areas in my own heart that are are just desperately longing to be conformed to his. And it's not happening today, and that's okay, but it'll happen throughout the year. And and to see how the Lord invites me into my own mission, like speaking through my own heart and also just to get to have dinner with my girls. Like I can't wait, you know, like, or like a sleepover. I'm so, oh my I'm God. so pumped. I so love excited. that. I love that. So, okay. So a sleepover, couple of brunch days. Is there any kind of activity that you're excited to kind of plan and experience with the students when you get back to school? Yeah. I think road trips are really great for bonding. Oh, love them. Okay. Yeah. Is there Especially- anywhere that you're hoping to see? Yes. I, I really want to go to Maine, but oh. I, I just, yeah, anywhere that like has beauty and in nature, I really want to take my girls on and, you know, all kinds of problems happen on road trips. So it really makes you have to bond, but just to also get all of us outside of our heads and just to experience the Lord in a way that again, kind of like surpasses our minds. We're just, we're just like experiencing nature and receiving sure. to think about it. So yes. I'm excited and it's so cute to watch people like their music taste and like jam in the car. You just get to know them so well. I love that. I love that. So thank you so much for sharing. You are so awesome. And I'm sure everyone listening will be praying for your next year of mission and for all of the students that your team will encounter and for their receptivity to you all as well. So at the end of every episode, we ask each guest what their hope for the week is. I'm curious though, after hearing a little bit from you a little earlier, what is your hope for the week? And what is one of your top five road trip songs? Because I feel like as a woman that likes road trips, you probably have some go-to jams that you play when people sit down in your car. So if you need to, you know, kind of 
have a second to think, I can go first. Or if you're ready to go, you can go. How are you feeling? I will let you go first because that's that's a tough one, especially okay. speaking two languages. I'm like, oh my Spanish gosh, oh my gosh. Okay, I'll okay. let you go first. All right. So <laughs> my hope for the week is that I am coming back home. I've been working at a Catholic summer camp, so. I'm currently filming this inside of a classroom inside of a high school. And then when I come back home from this school, I'm going to be home and I'm just going to be back living at home, back in my hometown. And just my hope is that that readjustment goes well. And, you know, and just I can spend some intentional time with my family and just, you know, get to know myself outside of the grind culture of working, working, working all the time. So excited to just kind of relax. And then one of my top five road trip songs, it's between that song by Justin Bieber that's like, where are you now? I'm, you know, that song that's like, where Did I need you. Now? Yeah, where are you now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, bah, bah. I love that song. So it's between <laughs> that song and any Celine Dion song. So those are the two when people get in my car that I just like turn up for either of those songs. So how about you? Oh, I love that. Uh, Celine Dion, big fan, big fan. Yeah. Huge fan. Love her. <laughs> I start with my hope for the week. I have a lot of hope and my transition will go well. I'm in, in a big period of transition in my life right now. And so moving back to campus, just hoping that things will be smooth. And so I'm excited to go into another transition in my life, a little bit knowing what I'm doing, like mm. slightly, which is exciting. You know, after a million transitions, it feels like during COVID. To finally maybe get one, get one right. And to obviously invite the Lord into that. And then songs. I also love Celine Dion. I almost thought it's all coming back to me, but that one's way too long. And people my age don't know it now. Oh, I love that song. It, I mean, the instrumental part. Oh. I tell people to just hang on. I mean, yes. I'm like I know that this song has been playing for 15 minutes, but just <laughs> hang on. Yes, yes, I love it. Agreed. Okay. It's beautiful. But if I'm with my students, usually okay. a Taylor Swift song, probably all too well. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, that's like, okay. Uh, what, who does she write about? Jake Gyllenhaal? Like, I think that is Jake Gyllenhaal. He really broke our heart, you know, and we're just benefiting yeah. off of it. But yes. Wow. It. Your students like some deep tracks. All too well really gets me like in my feelings. I've really lately been bumping a lot of Olivia Rodrigo. Have you been listening? Really? To Yes. I like, I'm 28 and I thought, Hey, I don't need to listen to this because what she's 17. She's been (laughs) broken up with. That's not me. And I literally, they released the clean version on Spotify and I just have been bumping it. And it is just like, so good. (laughs) Like it makes me want to get a boyfriend to break up just so I could feel it. It's like the Taylor Swift effect. When she came out with, I think it was folklore or ever or whichever the one that was very sad. I can't remember which one it was <laughs> um, in last year. And I just, I was like, man, I wish I was in a relationship just so it could end, and then I could just feel this in the way that the artist intended. So that is amazing. That sounds like you guys are going to have such a good trip, full of Taylor Swift and Celine Dion. You are well rounded out. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Sweet. So where can we find more about you, more information about what you're up to? How can we learn more about Focus? Sure. So with my art, Big Apple Catholic on Instagram is the only place I'm at. For now, there's some cool projects coming out in the future. Stay tuned. Oh, sweet. And then with Focus, you can just visit focus.org where you can learn a little bit more about our mission and 
what we're doing and, and how we're expanding this year, even uh, as we expand to many more campuses around the world. Wow. That's awesome. Well, thank you again so much. And we loved having you. We're going to put all of your little things where we can find you and more info about Focus in our show notes. So everyone can check that out. In the meantime, I hope you have a great rest of your Thursday and an awesome weekend and an awesome transition back to school. That is going to be so great. I'm so excited for you. Welcome back to like the life that you planned. How exciting. Perfect. Thanks so much, Chanel. This was such a joy. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you guys again for listening and thank you to Mariana for being our guest. Make sure to check out what Mariana's up to on Big Apple Catholic on Instagram and head over to focus.org, fellowship of Catholic University students.org to check out more information about Focus and what they're up to. Also, if you happen to be scrolling around AveMariaPress.com, don't forget to use Spotlight at your checkout for 20% off your order. We love being able to talk to you guys every week, and I'm looking so forward to doing it next week as I'll be talking to Reform Wellness all about holistic care and what that means as a Catholic person. It's going to be so great. God bless, and I'll talk to you all next week. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.